0: Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. A podcast all about, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I will be interviewing artists and exploring the genre I love. I hope is that you will begin to love it as much as I do, if not more. Please like and subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming podcast news. Alright, let's get into it. All right. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. Uh, we're with one of the uh great up-and-coming artists, Scott Connell. Is it Connell? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Scott Connell, aka Scott Con, or Scotty Boy. He's got a bunch of pseudonyms, so definitely check out his music. And recently dropped uh, your, your first studio album, uh, Kingdom, as well, which, uh, to be honest, I've been fucking with uh, quite a bit. It's just full of vibes it's full of bars, and one of the first things that jumped out at me was you've got a very unique voice like it's very like gruff and very tough is that something that you found like is that feedback that you get quite regularly i
1: mean ever since i started um recording music i I would say that that was one of my strong points everybody say i got a real distinct type of voice a real grunginess toward it so has been a plus it, it it was it just comes naturally though
0: yeah i feel like it's it's definitely a gift like it it is a very unique sound though like you know it reminds me of people like stevie stone vinnie paz those types of people who just have you hear the voice and you're like that's the first thing you hear and then the rest is just you know is a bonus and to be honest man you you deliver on the vibe and you deliver on the bars as well
1: appreciate it I'm well, Glad do you like to take
0: yeah uh to be honest it kind of surprised me like it surprised me with how much i liked it like i didn't come in with ex- expectations and you know uh, do you have any visuals i couldn't find any visuals on it um like literally it was uh just the album
1: um no nah, i just i just dropped a little um a little video to one of the records called already on me it's on it's on
0: youtube awesome well i'll definitely have to check it out but um for you how did you get into hip-hop like how did you get into wanting to record music and, you know, starting that journey?
1: I mean, I've been rapping since, you know, in high school, we had a group called um, Ill Vision Cartel. So I was the leader of the group and it was like four, four or five members. Um, rest in peace to my man, Sunan. He just passed too.
0: I'm sorry and, to hear And
1: on. my man, Major Licks. Both of them were in the group. Um, They recently passed like in October, but we've always been performing and we were like the neighborhood dudes that had the rap shit on lock. You know, we had rival crews and shit like that, you know, the typical shit. But we we were the bullies, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So we we always we ran supreme. And then um, moving on, I started a crew called Tri-County Gangsters. So basically that was too bridge, Because in Florida where we're from, um, you have Dade, Dade County, which is Miami, Broward, which is um, Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach. Those are like boroughs, you understand? And the boroughs don't really fuck with each other. Like Miami wasn't really fucking with Broward. Broward wasn't really fucking with Palm Beach. So um, being a dude that, that lived in almost every city here, I, I created a crew that kind of bridged the gap. So I had members in the crew from each county. So basically, we were trying to just bridge the gap and just, you know, bring everybody together. So uh, we called ourselves the Tri County Gangsters (TKG). I got it tattooed on me too, by the
0: way. You know what I mean? I love that. You know what I <laughs> so that's how we started. Why was the separation between the counties? It's it's just bullshit. You know, I mean.
1: You know superficial shit where everybody just feels like they better than somebody else there's really no no set reason that caused the the feuds or whatever it's just oh my city's hotter than yours it's just that type of shit we're territorial
0: that's always weird to me because like you know like you said like i'm sure everyone from each place has their own skill set like that's the reason that's the good part of like hip hop is that because so many people do it is like you can actually learn from so many individuals and you can actually like you know oh uh, that's actually a good idea and this and that and then you just combine it to your own skill set
1: absolutely so I mean I don't think it's like that anymore i I, I will take um credit for actually br- bridging those gaps you know I was you know a lot of other crews and people followed afterwards but I think we were the forefathers of that movement. You know what I mean? After that, it was on to Maybach Music Group. You know, I started recording Rick Ross and stuff like that in my studio because um, my cousin is a very close friend of his. He's still part of the team. Shout out to Kano awesome. and um, Gino, who does all of his Ross's tattoos, Flo Rida, Serena Williams, Chad Johnson, you, you name it, all the athletes. So our family's already been, you know, We were um, public figures, per se, in the city of Miami and Miramar and stuff like that. So our relationship with Rick Ross, it was like a family thing. So I started recording him in my studio and then that's when it all started taking off.
0: How, How was it recording Rick Ross? He's one of these figures in hip hop. He's like bigger than life itself. But how was it? How is it with him in the studio? I mean,
1: he's a genius. You know what I mean? His bars... He's one of those Florida rappers where, you know, he, he surprises you. You know what I mean? His skill set is crazy. And I think the reason why we got along and we were able to um, mesh so well is because of, of my skill set as well. So I finally found, um, you know, I finally found a situation where, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. Did you have any, was there anything that you took took away from that? Like where you were like, oh shit, I got to start doing this or a particular lesson that you were like, you know what? That is something that I got to remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot of things about just techniques to record, layering vocals. We started layering vocals less. Matter of fact, the transition, he used to record his vocals really heavy. He'd do like doubles and then double the ad-libs and shit like that. And uh, he got a tip from Jay-Z and Jay-Z try a new technique. And I was one of the first people to record him with the new technique. And, you know, his sound, you can hear the sound change. And, you know what I mean? I, it was just a good thing to be a part of that. So learning for myself, I started recording myself differently as well. You know what I mean? So the, the lyrics, everything is more audible and clearer with a single vocal.
0: Yeah, for sure. And especially with ad libs, like, you know, it came through with the new, you know, the trap movement and the new wave of artists that were literally adlibbing the whole track. Like, you know, artists like Designer um, would just go for it. But I feel like there's a fine balance between when the adlibs work and when it becomes too much. Right.
1: Exactly. So it's all about frequency, man. And, um, engineers take a lot you know they deserve more credit than than they get in nowadays they need to get credits like producers because without a dope engineer and a dope mix your song is going to be whack it's really going to determine whether this shit gonna pop or not you
0: know what i mean yeah i recently spoke to uh jay-z's uh former mentor jazzo and he was saying exactly the same thing he was saying that you know these engineers They don't get the credit that they deserve because they're moving tracks, like they're literally putting like moving vocals, they're making sure that you know the auto tune sounds good, even if the artist doesn't sound good, like they really are the unsung heroes of of putting a track together.
1: I've seen some engineers do some real magic to a record, turn like you know, water into wine, basically. You feel what I'm saying? (laughs) How did how do they do that?
0: Like, what do they do? Is there like a style, like what do they add? I
1: mean first of all with engineering the the primary goal is to cancel out any noise and uh, unwanted frequencies so once that's done really everything else is with effects you know what I'm I mean good. reverb and and um autotune and all kind of shit you can make a motherfucker that sound like a a, a wounded dog sound like motherfucking um mariah carey you know what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> i love that i love that but the good thing is i mean you don't have to do that like it sounds like when you do your own records that you know you don't have that same challenge that you don't need someone to go in and clean up everything that you've got that base level and then they just you know make sure that
1: basically i you know my technique of recording is to prevent all of that shit. So I make all the engineers and producers jobs easy. You feel what I'm saying? Because the lazier the artist is, the more work the engineer and the producer got to do to make the shit sound dope. So I don't like to dirty my face. If I'm sending my shit out for a mix, I want you to have to do the bare minimum to get it right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I think, do you think that comes with being in the game for a long time? You're experienced, you know, relationships versus, you know, some artists, they're just like, you know what?
1: It has a lot to do with experience. I mean, you can't blame some of the um, artists of today. Really, they just get in the studio, mumble some shit. You know, I've seen some, some engineers really take a bunch of scattered bars and put verses together themselves. Like the artists will just come in and do a bunch of freestyles. And then the engineers really pasting the shit together, how he feels fit. And really making the shit slide. And I was like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? It was incredible. But I was like, how fucking lazy can you get? But hey, to each his own.
0: I mean, for for anyone who doesn't see look on my face, I'm surprised by that. Like, I, I feel like that is... What's the point of being an artist if you're not putting together at least your own verse?
1: exactly shit is crazy
0: well man something I was going to ask you is you also have uh, worked with Mix Productions as well uh, another one of those producers and, and engineers that have worked with artists like uh, French Montana as well and was actually I interviewed as well how was how working with him he's he's like a he's a quieter dude from like when I spoke to him
1: yeah Mix is dope man Mix is dope um I known him for quite some time, and we we worked on a hundred projects together. Before he was dealing with you know a lot of those mainstream artists, we were in the trenches in the studios late night, you know, putting putting records together. Actually, mix, yeah, he produced um he produced a record on the album called Show Me, uh, featuring Egyptian. He produced it on the spot. We did it together. Then uh, he mixed it. We got a lot of good chemistry. That's
0: awesome, man. Yeah, cause. He, there's just some beats like I remember listening to to what he put together, and he just has this like magic hand. It just all sounds so clean, so crisp, and it just makes like the vocal sound so good as well.
1: Engineering and producing is the key. Mix produce a lot of records right now. With like you said, with French and Tiana Taylor, you got a lot of dope shit going on.
0: Yeah, oh, I actually, it's...
1: have a record with French Montana as well.
0: Well. Well, man, I think you know you've definitely got you know the key to success. You've got definitely people around you that that are seeing it make it happen. But we kind of touched on your your hip hop journey in the beginning. But how did you come become aware of hip hop? Like, at what age did you find it? And then you know what motivated you to start you know writing bars and start rapping and then form a group?
1: I was motivated to do hip hop. Um, my brother, rest in peace, was very hip-hop oriented. Growing up, I used to just watch him break dancing, and, you know, listening to his boombox with, with my cousins and they break dancing in, in front of the building and shit like that, rocking puma suits and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and fucking Kangol hats and all of that. So, I, you know, it was bound to happen. I just grew up listening to hip-hop. But when I was, you know, old enough to understand what, Biggie was one of my favorite artists, you know what I'm saying? And I always told myself, like, yo, as a kid, I was like, yo, I got to be signed to Biggie Small, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that, I had dreams like
0: that. Yeah, Biggie has, I think Biggie's my number one. He's my, my number one in my top five. There's just something about the way his lyrics and the, the way it's effortless. Like when he rhymes and and when I listen to a track, it's like it just flows off the tongue. Like some artists it feels like they're trying really hard biggie always felt like it was just like so natural and so how was it growing up like how was it as a kid like did like how was it in growing up in miami do you have any like experiences that, that kind of formed you and and kind of shaped your 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 hustle mentality um
1: yeah you know being a kid from brooklyn growing up in miami there was always some um, uh, diversity you know i dressed different i talked different and you know I had to adapt to my environment because every city got a ghetto every ghetto hood people are the same everywhere you know I mean there's there's you know the A's the B's there's, there's all of that shit but as far as the streets was concerned you know I was always in the streets but I was always book smart as well so having the best of both worlds being from the north and being raised in the south really molded my unique rap style you know what i mean and, and it made me very versatile as well so like you know when i talk you can hear my accent my up north accent but in a lot of my music you can't you can't um, really pinpoint where i'm from you know what i'm saying
0: yeah oh i definitely noticed that you didn't have like uh, an iconic accent but uh, you felt like you have a lot of different like styles blended into one right how do you work on that? Like, how do you work on the craft? Like, do you have, like, a method? Do you have, like, a, a thing that you're always doing, that you're always studying? Like, what's your craft?
1: Um, How do I work on my craft? You know, it's, it's, it's production-driven. So, you know, I just ask for, you know, I got a plethora of producers that I work with, all different genres. So as they send me music, I just go in the studio and I just try different shit. As you can see, there's not like a particular type of beat that I could rap to. I could really fuck with all types of different shit. I just like to stay. I don't even write the music. I just go in there and just vibe. You know what I'm saying? I might have me a little Henny or some, some Patron or something and then just take off and go on my own.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. I got to say... Actually, Patron, I got a bottle of Patron for, I think it was like my 20th birthday because my favorite rapper at the time, Royster59, talked about doing shots of Patron in a track. And the problem was I still haven't drunk it because I got really drunk one night on tequila and now I can't drink tequila anymore. I'm like, the smell just, (laughs) it it fucks with me. So I still got the bottle and hopefully one day I'm hoping to get back and drinking it.
1: Yeah, get back on Patron, man. If if not get on Don
0: Julio. I look, I gotta say Hennessy though. I do like some Hennessy. Hennessy, I think that's
1: where all them aggressive bars come from. Talk about shooting some shit up. If you ever hear me switch it up, it's because I was on Henny
0: now. <laughs> I love that. We can we can start marketing Hennessy that way. We just gotta get paid first. Just like if you wanna feel some aggressive shit, you gotta drink some Hennessy. <laughs> you feel
1: me? <laughs> <laughs> i could be the face of henny matter of fact call jay didn't jay-z just do a deal with henny Moet? call jay tell him let me be the face of that
0: yeah good uh, word of jay-z if you, shout out to jay-z get scott con on on he'll be the face he'll market the shit out of that and then you can come on on the podcast as well we can we can have a chit chat while we're there sorry man you just cut out for a second there i said shout out the
1: hoes we're we'll gonna do the deal
0: awesome man what's next for you like what's coming up like what's uh because 2020 was a tough year for a lot of artists but how's 2021 been thus far
1: i mean 2020 really showed artists that it's it's got to be the hustle got to be more than music because you know a lot of people weren't able to do shows and shit like that and they streamed and all of that so you had to find other ways to, you know, to, to attack this music shit from a different perspective. A lot of artists, is, you know, become, they're becoming more influencers and shit like that. Me, I want to get into film. You know, I'm currently trying to situate myself and position myself to um, get my music in films and act as well.
0: Awesome. I, th- I think you're 100 percent right. The the best artists and the artists that made it were people who figured out different ways to promote themselves and different ways to you know get their music out there and different ways to just test themselves. Like I know a lot of people did, like TikTok freestyles, like you know battles and stuff through TikTok. You know, just doing that kind of stuff made their own home studios as well. Like the part of that, and this is kind of why I love hip hop is that. The hustle mentality has to be there. Like if you're not hustling, you ain't gonna make it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, what type of films are you looking at?
1: I don't have a, a particular uh, genre of films that I'm trying to get into. It's, it just gotta be dope. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a dope. I need a, I need a motherfucking movie about my life because I got an interesting life. You know, uh, I can't complain. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good times. But there's a lot of interesting, off-the-wall, wild occurrences that I feel like need to hit the big screen. You know what I'm
0: saying? Well, how about this? How about you tell us a story? Tell us a story. This is like the the, the preview of like what you'll get if they make the movie. Like, What's a story? What's a little teaser so that we get, get a, a sneak peek into, into the life and into the movie about Scott Conn?
1: Sneak peek. Mm-hmm. let's see. Cause I don't want to give too much exclusive shit. Then somebody might <laughs> hear this shit.
0: Yeah, you just gotta Yeah. Let me think
1: of a freebie I can give real quick. All
0: right. This is this is what we're here for. We got the exclusive on the hip hop hustle podcast. Scott Con coming up with with a little sneak peek. He'll he'll make this his story at some point.
1: Oh, oh! I got a good story for you. All
0: right, all so, right, we're uh, ready.
1: So my record, I had, I, I had a single out featuring Rick Ross and um, French Montana called um, "Lawyer Fees." And Lawyer Fees was doing real well. You know, I was touring everywhere. I, I did shows in, in Europe. I did shows in Germany, Holland, Belgium. You know what I mean? Shit like that. So. Uh, one of the DJs booked me for a show in Canada, right? Canada doesn't accept felon in their country. Oh. I learned my lesson, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so they booked me for the show. I get to the airport in Canada. I left the U.S., got to Canada. The produ- the, the promoter's waiting on me in the airport, all of this shit. As soon as I get off the plane and go through customs, they're like, yo, so they ran my name, and they was like, oh, no, nah, we can't let you in. I'm like, why you can't let me in? Oh, in 2014, no, in 2013, there was this occurrence, and this probation was on it's still an open case. I'm like, I got no open case. It was like, oh, yeah, well, you got to take that up with, you know, your government, blah, blah, blah. They detained me in the airport because... It was the last flight. There was no more flights back to the U.S. So they detained me and brought me to a, a facility so I could sleep overnight in a jail cell. Then they took me to the airport the next day and extra, expedited me out of, the, out of Canada. And I missed my show. The promoter offered the embassy like five racks. Y'all give me <laughs> an extra five racks. a little man. We gotta do this show tonight. They was like, nope. <laughs>
0: That is that that is a real sneak peek. I tell you what though, that is some crazy shit. I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too. Not that part of Canada. I was sleeping in the jail cell, you know, bologna um, sandwiches and water in jail when I'm supposed to be performing for two thousand people.
0: That's crazy. I like. I imagine that's quite humbling. Like you know. You're in a different mindset when you're going on tour. And then for something like that to happen is like, you know, I don't know about you, but I'd be absolutely shocked.
1: Yeah, I was shocked. I was pissed off
0: too. So what did you guys do when you when you got back? Did you Was there anything that you could do to like take it up? Or was it just like, you know what, that's it is what it is? I
1: think it, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. I, just, I said, fuck Canada. And I was like, yo, y'all no, can't pay me enough to come to that city. Well, I'm lying. You
0: give me 50 racks and I'll beat <laughs> it. Hey, money talks at the end of the day. Well, man, do you know it kind of reminds me? I remember I got tickets to go see the game. He came out, he was supposed to come out to Australia. And then he uh he rocked up at the border and he he I don't know, he didn't do fill out his paperwork. Like he didn't fill out the paperwork, and they are like, bye, <laughs> go back. And I just they literally just didn't let him in because he didn't have the, the right paperwork and uh, missed the show. He, he just never never did a show.
1: That's crazy.
0: Man, it's rough, especially because we're so far away down here. So, uh, yeah, I can't imagine doing like a 10 hour flight and then they're like, nah, man, you got to go back.
1: I got another wild one.
0: All right, I'm this ready. One just,
1: just happened in what, March of 2020 uh, when the pandemic just hit. I was in Morocco. North Africa and working on some film stuff, right? Pandemic hits, everybody's going crazy. The border's about to shut down. Trump was like, we about to shut all the borders down. Nobody out the country can come in. Nobody in the U.S. can go out the country. And I'm in motherfucking Africa. So I'm like, all right, boom, time for me to go. (laughs) So I'm trying to get a flight out. I can't get no flights out. I had to get a rescue flight they sent a rescue flight from the U.S. to to London, so I took a flight from Morocco and went to London. Then got stuck in London. They had to send another rescue flight from London to get me back to the U.S. She was wild. I was in London for like a week.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I would have been stressed out of my mind. Like at least London's not a bad place to be. Like I got mates in London, but um, I feel like that's the last place you want to be stuck when the when the pandemic hits.
1: With all the respect, the, the hotels was dope. But it was like one of the movies, like uh, the zombie movies when the fucking, the zombies is taking <laughs> over the world and the shit getting crazy. <laughs> that's, that's what COVID was like to me.
0: Yeah, oh, it's crazy. How is it right now? Like, how is it, you know, at home? Like, do you still feel the effects? Like, are people a bit, you know, unhappy these days with how long it's been lasting?
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's becoming the new norm, so forgetting your mask in a car while you're at the supermarket and you gotta run back to the car little bullshit like that be annoying but other than that everybody's getting
0: used to it and adjusting you know what i'm saying yeah well i mean we haven't worn supermarkets for about uh masks for at supermarkets for about a month like we got no no cases down here anymore so the only thing we got is like our hotel quarantine but no no cases so um yeah we're back at you know, to, to stadiums back, you know, back in the clubs, all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, so y'all don't, y'all don't have mandatory masks? You don't gotta, you don't gotta wear masks in the clubs?
0: Not anymore. Not anymore. Like when we locked down, we were like properly locked down. Like I remember the, the restrictions for like three months. It was like, you're at home. We had curfew at 8 PM. Like you could only leave within a five kilometer radius. Like you could only go outside for an hour. Like it was like, real shit like you had to work from home you couldn't go into the workplace and we were locked down for months um but yeah now we don't have any cases so you know it sucked at the time but life is pretty good now
1: that's dope get me booked for a show out there so i can come to australia for the first time
0: and then we can and then we can interview you live instead of over zoom and we can uh, we can get the whole vibe popping, get some Hennessy going. Uh, maybe not some Hennessy, maybe Patron, because I don't want you to get too angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I'm on a Hennessy diet. Patron, definitely. Patron in line, we rock.
0: So you've ne- you've never been to Australia? Where have where have you been? Do you have like a location that was like on your on your top list of like definitely go back there again?
1: Um, Africa was dope. I just want to go to I want to go to Southern Africa. Oh, I definitely need to go back there. It's so big, you could never... I've been there four times, but I still haven't covered the whole continent. Yet, you know what I'm saying? Do
0: you have um, like a go-to place, like a place where you're like, everybody should check this out?
1: In, in Africa?
0: Yeah. Everybody should
1: check out Morocco. It's dope. It's real historic. You know what I mean? A lot of Spain, you know, it's like 30 minutes away from Spain. A lot of Spain's architecture and culture comes from Moroccan culture as Well, so it's pretty dope.
0: And how long were you there for? Like, how many days did you spend in Morocco? Uh,
1: when I go, I, I go for like a month. Ooh, yeah, months at a time.
0: Bro. Man, I'm jealous.
1: Now you should check it out for real. Time. It's, a, it's a great vacation spot.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just can't wait to travel again. Like, I'm um, we can travel, yeah, interstate. But I'm just looking forward to getting to that overseas trip. You know, just soak up some some sun, some culture, some some good food, but, like, it's going to be a while, I think.
1: Yeah, it's probably going to be a while. But I'm going to be first on the list to come to Australia.
0: Yeah, we can't wait. And to be honest, the hip-hop scene is starting to get bigger. Like, I remember when I was in high school, I was, like, one of the only kids who listened to hip-hop growing up. And now, like, hip-hop is way bigger. Like, we're starting to get it on the radio. Like, we even had hip-hop on the radio for a long, long time.
1: That's dope. So there's a you guys have a hip hop radio station
0: out there? Or? No, no, we don't. That's the thing. So, like no hip hop radio station, like um they'll play the odd hip hop track. But what I've noticed is trap beats are starting to invade pop music. So, like people are starting to get used to the the beats, and now before long they'll start to have like trappy songs and then normal hip hop tracks as well. I reckon I think that's the evolution.
1: So you should start the first hip-hop uh, radio station out there be the program
0: in America. imagine that. The Hip-Hop Hustle radio station, I'd get Scott Conn on every week to give us an update. You know, just you got to have your regulars.
1: Got to. We can promote the hell out of that shit. Let me know when you want to get it started.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that, man. I was going to ask you, how is the radio scene at the moment in the States? Because I know that, you know, In the evolution of hip-hop, the radio scene was so important. That's how you'd promote all your tracks. That's how you'd get, you know, a lot of buzz happening is you'd get your your songs on the radio. But how is it now? Like, where does the radio sit in terms of promotion? Where does it sit in terms of featuring? Does it still have a a wide audience?
1: It still has a wide audience, but with all of these streaming platforms, people, I feel... You know, they got they got Apple Music, they got Spotify on their phone. So even when they get in their cars, you know, it's automatically playing. I think less people listen to to the radio now, but there's still a large percentage of people that rely on the radio. You know what I mean? So radio really shows you commercially who's popping. But you can't depend on radio to find out who's in the game because their radio stations, the program directors are, you know, are lame to the point where they only play mainstream music. You know what I mean? Especially local radio stations. You'll never hear the people that's popping locally in their hometown. You'll never hear their music. You feel me? Like Florida and Miami, they don't play Miami artists on the radio. They just play the, you know, the trick, uh, trick daddies and the trinas and the rick rosses but they don't play the other 2000 hot dope artists that are you know what i mean when i go to georgia i hear local radio i hear local artists on the radio when i go to new york i hear local artists on the radio when i go to california i hear local artists on the radio but in florida
0: the radio stations are whack why do you think that is like why do you think they they kind of forget about their local artists And I I believe it's the the DJs just don't
1: enforce it the way they should. Because, you know, nowadays, hip hop, some of these DJs are not real DJs. They just press a button on a laptop. You know what I mean? The whole art of breaking a record and a DJ finding an artist and rocking with an artist, that shit is a thing of the past. They need to bring that shit back.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, people have gotten a bit lazy. Like... What frustrates me more than anything is someone calls themselves a DJ and then all they do is they blend one song into another and that's it. And it's like, well, you know, you didn't do any work for that. In terms of f- for your for your own career, was there anything that you struggled with or anything that surprised you kind of getting into the game?
1: The same struggles every artist, you know, have as far as trying to break yourself in the market, getting DJs to rock with you, certain DJs to fuck with you. I mean, everybody had those ups and downs, but for the most part, a lot of the, you know, the club DJs that supported my music supported it genuinely, you know, and, and you know, I'm good people, so I just show love, you know, and they show love back, but in the beginning it was always hard, you know what I'm saying? Being um, ra- raised in Miami and having a different sound was very hard for me as well, because um, over here, there's a distinctive style of music and and, and mine was just more um, universal. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It, it, it was real. It's real hip hop. You know what I mean? It's authentic in it. And sometimes, you know, people are programmed to just hear what they're used to hearing. And then when they hear your shit, they got to, like, let it resonate for a second. Be like, Yo, this is crazy, but it's different. So I feel like if DJs, radio DJs were more supportive, like how we say they should be, then for artists like myself, it would be a plus because different is good. The more people that hear my music fuck with me. I mean, I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant or nothing like that, but I got good music. You know what I'm saying? It just needs to be heard by a larger audience. So I feel like that's a DJ's responsibility. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like I make the fucking music. You put the you you spin the shit so everybody can hear the shit. I think it's weird. I think now instead of playing, you know, good music, they just play what they think will get ears. Instead of going, you know what, this is dope. Even though um we may not get the most ears, we should be promoting new artists, we should be promoting good artists, and we should almost be educating. The, the the public on you know what it is to be a hip-hop fan or what it is to be into that genre of music absolutely do you feel like that is where we're at like a lot of people don't really have an appreciation of like the past or the history of hip-hop and you know it's cool because of the the fans and like you know it's cool because uh you know social media it's cool because you know, of the fashion as well, but there's no, like, appreciation of where it comes from?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's mainly the um, the artist's fault, though, because if the artist, I'm, I'm talking about newer artists, and the artists that are carrying the torch right now, they should pay more homage to, you know, to where they come from, to where, you know, if it wasn't for the culture, you know, then where would they be so you should pay homage to the the true essence of hip-hop at least i'm not saying you gotta rap old school or do this or do that but just try to carry some of the traditions that that, that built this that built this culture for us you know what i'm saying that built this movement and the people that's listening are going to be automatically educated because an artist has that power to create followers, you know what I mean? So have them follow something that, that has substance instead of just the average shit that these guys are rapping about, uh, drug abuse and, and depression and addiction and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and material shit. I mean, don't get me wrong, hip hop has been materialistic, uh, you know, egotistical, which is cool. That's what makes it, you know, it's sporty. We could keep that going because that's, you know, that's part of the culture. But at the same time, try to spread some type of positive message or some type of um, education. You know what I mean? I think that's our responsibility. If you listen to my tape, I'm not just going to you know, preach and don't practice. If you listen to my tape, there's a lot of there's a lot of topics. I'm I'm shedding light on. You know what I mean? And a lot of. Um, positivity i'm spreading in the midst of all of the 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 dark trappish shit i'm really talking some shit you know what i'm saying
0: yeah why do you think that people don't do that because i think it's a new wave of like you know people being able to get in the studio rap about nothing and then make a a record that people like
1: i think because the, the the attention span of the audience is shorter smaller than it used to be back in the days and I think people's education level the audience is I don't know it's like most most of the people listening to the to this type of music are fried anyway so they can't keep up with bars and shit like that they're like what is that what is he what is he saying you know what I mean yeah they're not there are still people that appreciate good music and and skills and bars. And the sad thing is there's not enough. We're not feeding them enough. You know what I mean? For that for that um, shit to keep growing, we're feeding artists. When I say we, I mean artists. We're feeding the streets with a bunch of bullshit. So imagine my son growing up. He got to listen to the kid talking. All right. A guy sing rapping. He's singing melodically about dying or killing his friend or selling his soul or some weird yeah. shit, you know what I'm saying? And your kids are listening to this, not because they have to, because this is the only shit on every station, on every streaming platform, that's the only shit they, they, they find. It's all over YouTube. Like, you know what I mean? It's poisonous in actuality. And I'm not knocking no artists or nobody's, if that's your lane, that's your lane, you know? you got the power of speech and you're creative and you can express yourself however the fuck you want. But come on. A lot of these artists are doing it because someone else is doing it. They're not doing it because they authentically want to express themselves like that. They're doing it because this is how you get the deal. And this is what everybody's listening to. So So they're just following trends and following fashion. Everybody's chasing their tail. And I feel like the state of hip hop, is under siege and it's gonna stay like this until this this fucking circle of bullshit stops <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah somebody I gotta break
0: a cycle i feel you man and to be honest if you want that lyrical stuff if you want that messaging it's underground hip-hop it's not yeah. out there like you actually got to be a proper fan like if you are just a casual listener and you don't do your research and you don't like to mix in the circles and go, you know, I'll find a, an artist and then I'll find a producer and then I'll see who the producers work with. And it's like a, a whole underground labyrinth of finding, you know, artists that you like. But if you're not willing to do that, it's really hard to actually be exposed to different types of hip hop, to different messaging. Um, you just get stuck in, in literally what you said, that commercial, you know, stuff that that literally every beat sounds the same, every artist sounds the same, and it's just like a slight tempo change. Exactly.
1: It's sad, man. It's sad, man.
0: <laughs> do you have... Well, I was going to say, do you have any, any artists, like, you know, anyone, obviously other than yourself, that is, like, at the moment, you would recommend for people to get into to, like, actually educate themselves on?
1: You know who I like? I like... Um... Fuck, what's his name? Um Denzel Curry. He's from
0: Miami. He's dope. He's young yeah. dude. Yeah, I like Denzel Curry as well. Um, yeah. Definitely check out his stuff.
1: I also um I like um wow, it's tough. I mean, I like a lot of artists, you know what I mean? I listen to I listen to a lot of music, but I don't say I, I couldn't say I have like a favorite or somebody that's on my radar right now. Make sure y'all, make sure y'all check out that kingdom on all platforms. That guy's, that guy's dope, man. He's a fucking animal, Scott Kong, like King Kong. You know what I'm
0: saying? I love that. That is the best promo that I've ever had. The best shout out that I've ever had. You know, I should get you to do my my promos. Just just getting Scott Kong shouting on the mic. I, I love that. Hey. Ain't no way to finish off the date than a
1: little bit of tequila, my friend.
0: <laughs> oh man. Got,
1: hey, talking about talking about the, the state of emergency that hip hop said you made me need a drink. I'm like looking around. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Look, we have we throwing a party tomorrow.
0: Hell yeah. What do we got in there? Is it we got I think that I say a bit of vodka, tequila. We got Ciroc.
1: we got Great Goose. <laughs> rock, we got all kind of shit, let's see what we got over here, we got some Malibu. Malibu, yeah boy, we about to turn up, And in, in the other car we got the Hennessy, we got the motherfucking Don Julio, the Patron, it's about to go crazy, no every pa- Sunday we do brunch. <laughs> no party like a Scott Conn party. No party like a Scott Conn party, hey them type of parties, I get so drunk I turn into a DJ. I'm everything. I'll be the DJ, the host,
0: security. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all kind of shit. So we got the we got the booze, Talk to me about the food. What are we do we do we have like a barbecue going? What's what's the go?
1: No, it's going to be a brunch. So there's going to be um lobster and fucking chicken and waffles and
0: shrimp and grits. You know, steak and eggs, all of that good shit. Man, you're making me hungry. I haven't, I haven't eaten this morning. It's nice and early. I'm gonna go out, and you're making me want to go for brunch. Man, I'm hungry
1: myself. I just made myself hungry. I don't even know why I did that.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you, but like when someone mentions food, it's like stays with me for like a week until I have that food. Like someone's like, "Oh, I had a had a great pasta," and then I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, I need a pasta."
1: What's a good? What's a? What's a? What's an Australian dish like what's Australia known
0: for in cuisine like what's the dope shit All right so we don't really have Australian like foods like people might say we got like meat pies and stuff and and Vegemite but that's like the the best part about Melbourne which is where I'm from is that we have a bunch of different cuisines like I love that I can go out I can get Thai food I can get Chinese food I can get Italian Spanish whatever you want it's all under the sun but brunch and the coffee here is the best i'm a huge fan of the coffee like the coffee culture and cafe culture is huge like you can go around the corner and there's like five or six coffee shops just like who just sell coffee it's ridiculous like no nope. but man yeah we, we've got to have have you down so you can uh you come you can see see the scene see the food see the nightlife like it's popping off at the moment
1: is it am i going to see Iggy
0: Azalea we can uh we can throw a throw a request for Iggy to come round. you know i'm not sure if she'll she'll listen to me i hope she does but uh we can we can let her know scott cons in town iggy you better rock up but i think she's in the states no i think she lives in the us oh yeah i'm going to pull up to one of her shows <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, do a feature. Yeah, do a feature. I could write her some shit, some dope shit.
0: Well, awesome, man. Like, I got to say, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I do have one more question. And it's the only question that I ever planned on the podcast. It's probably the hardest one. But if you had to recommend one album, it doesn't have to be hip-hop, other than your own, that everybody should listen to and take an appreciation for at least once, what would it be?
1: Yo, um damn, I need an I don't know the name of it, but it's Burner Boy. His his last album was dope. Let me you know who Burner Boy is. No, nah, let me he's do it Af- quick. Yeah, quick he's check. from he's from Nigeria. He's like the biggest Afrobeat artist in the world right now,
0: next to Davido. All right, there's he just released a single Kilometer, and there's African Giant. are oh, twice as tall as well yes. twice yeah. as tall there we go we did some high check high tech check in on the hip-hop hustle just get your phone out um but now, nah, man i appreciate you coming on the show scott con um one of those artists definitely to watch um if you haven't checked out his album uh, kingdom highly recommend he's always got the party lifestyle if you haven't realized already is going to brunch he's got you know all the booze ready gray goose hennessy you know stay tuned and follow him on social media as well. Um, you know, he's always releasing new things, always, always plugging his stuff. Um, and, you know, he's got the, the iconic gruff voice. So if you're into voices and you really like that shit, um, definitely going to hit that point as well. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Is there anything else you want to plug anything else or anyone else you want to shout out? Uh, you know, just shout
1: out the whole, the whole team, man. Shout out to Source Mixed by Source. Um, you know, that's my engineer. Um, you know, he just got two, three Grammys with making a stallion for the WAP record and, and a savage remix and, and all of that. Um, shout out to Mix Productions, that's my bro. Shout out to the whole great squad, shout out to Maybach Music, shout out to Kano. You know what I mean? Shout out to everybody, shout out to everybody in Australia, shout out to everybody around the world. Dade County, we here. Tri county
0: gangsters ah stay blessed stay blessed yes love that love that so much awesome thanks man thanks for coming on the show um yeah it was great to have you on and uh, i'm glad we can finally do this thanks bro thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for all upcoming podcast news bye for now